0: Um, but also thank you to you guys for being um, just so welcoming. I mean, it was it was wonderful to walk in the door um, and to see you guys passing the peace to one another and um, joining in song and, and just um, having authentic fellowship. Um, I think an antidote to the season that we are in. You know the, there there are many viruses and many pandemics going on. Yes, yeah. I think that authentic fellowship and a time of just true mm-hmm. praise and and love for God and one another mm-hmm. um, breaks barriers that um, vaccines can never touch. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate that um, that spirit you guys have cultivated. Walking in, just just walking in, um, I, I appreciate that greatly. And so I think I am supposed to be reading the um, the New Testament list. Was there? Because I didn't get one of these. <laughs> Sometimes the only way out is through, That's right. and so we have, to, um, we have to go through some things, and so we have certainly been through some things um, in our community, and I know you have in yours, but thank God we're Lord. still standing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alright, so the New Testament lesson will be coming from the book of Luke chapter 15 verses 1 through 3, and then taking them again. Until verse eleven B through thirty-two. And the word of the Lord reads. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, him being Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. Okay. How <laughs> So he read them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. And so he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in the dissolution living. When he had spent everything, when he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, when he came to himself he said, how many of my father's hired hands have enough bread and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you." I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quickly bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fat calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fat calf because he has got back. He has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. And I'll stop right there, but I will finish the rest of it during our time together. But I just want to spend a few minutes talking about being at the table and examining our place at the table. So, being an only child, I read a lot of books and watched a lot of TV. I would say that back then when I grew up in the 19th, (laughs) it was the era where you could could let your children watch lots of TV and not feel like they had just been totally (laughs) corrupted. At least that's what I like to tell myself. Um, I ended up reading and watching a good deal of mysteries. Uh, the Nancy Drews and the Perry Mason and Matt Locke and Murder Shiro, of course, have given way uh, in this more modern era to CSI and my new favorite Hallmark movies and mysteries. You've got to have a little bit of that to be in I always, and, and the thing about this, I always wanted to see if I could solve the mystery, uh, to figure out who done it. Um, as I have gotten older, I realized that I read the story or watch the story based on who I think I am in the story. You know, am I the fearless but overworked detective? Am I the all-knowing judge or am I the fearful widow or the butler who everybody thinks is guilty? Or the hard-working, overlooked guy who just got fired? But who we think we are in the story, um, in the the setting, and in the biblical text matters just as much. So as we come to our text today in Luke 15, we see Jesus in a verbal face-off with the Pharisees yet again, but this time about who belongs and who doesn't. You know, who's in and who's out. I tell you, much hasn't changed since the first century. <laughs> we are still got the same turf wars going on. And this is my son, this is your son, this is our issue, this is your issue. Hmm. This time, they are upset at who he keeps company with. Of course, you've heard the adage, those who lie with dogs end up with fleas and being guilty by association. Um, being careful of the company that you keep. Well, the religious elite of the day thought our Lord was hanging out with riffraff, and they didn't like it. A renowned teacher of the law like them, Jesus could not be seen with those found to be unclean. No, those who worked jobs that were not considered honorable or people who had taboo attached to them. But it always seemed like Jesus was just drawn, you know, to these very people, you know, of whom I, I consider myself a proud member of. You know, <laughs> and so Jesus, um, always wanting to um, prove a point and give um, the greater truth, uses a series of three stories to show them why he associates with those whom the world rejects and thus reveals the heart of God. Just a word of background actually about the Gospel of Luke. As we know that there are four gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Some wonder why it takes four different books to write the same story. But it's not the same story because it's written from four different points of view. And remember when I said how we read a story depends on who we are in the story. Well, the Gospels are no different. They all focus on the life and works of Jesus in many different ways, depending on what was important for them in the message. Each highlights different parts of Jesus' ministry. My favorite hat is the biblical of the because his Gospel focuses on God as Father. Or God as Holy Parent. Also, as Jesus being a champion for the overlooked. And in Luke's gospel, there's a theme of reversal. Meaning that Jesus doesn't go with the status quo. You know, if one group of folks were going, you know, or doing things rather, because, well, that's the way it's always been done, Jesus is definitely going. The other way. Amen. And how many need to know that Jesus doesn't always go with the status quo? That Jesus goes for the thing that is different, for the person who is different, for the one who doesn't fit in or in um, respectable society. Whatever that is, Jesus was always going the other way saying, oh, it's more fun over here, you know. these people have color and character and, you know, and, and, you know, experiences and wounds and, you know, these are the people I want to be with. These are the people I will build my kingdom yeah. And so Jesus goes into these three stories about things that were lost. He starts with the lost sheep. Which is the story of the Good Shepherd going after the lost one, leaving the 99 behind, which we've heard many, many times. And then there's the one with the woman sweeping her whole house, stopping everything to find the lost coin. But then Jesus ups the ante with a story we call the problem son. Yeah. Some would call, it, in keeping with the thing of things that are lost, the lost son. We know the story. We've heard the story. The son says, Dad, I want to take my inheritance right now, not when you are dead. Can you imagine somebody actually doing that? <laughs> going to, you know, Mad Life or New York Life saying, I want to cash in my life insurance, you know, right now. Let's not wait for the inheritance. Let's just go ahead and get it now, you know. There's no better time. <laughs> so, you know, of course, this is not heard of. But this is how parables work, sometimes using extraordinary stories that bring out timely truths. And what's more shocking is that the father brings it to me. Sure, here you go. You know, I couldn't think I would have looked at my father sideways if he said, you know, I made the outrageous request of, hey, just go ahead and give me everything i am do. You know, you're not dead. You are not even sit. Go no ahead on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just have to go ahead and take it, and then you hear, take it. It's tricky, right? <laughs> but, but you know, because I, I don't know how many of you guys are parents or caretakers of of, of of little people, but you know, it's it's something when you tell a person, yeah, go ahead, you can have that. You know, they can oh, do. Do you want the chocolate milk? Go ahead, eat as much as you want. Go ahead, hey, I'll take it. There's a lesson in that. You know, beware of when you have asked for something, of this and God let you have it. It may not be what you bargained for. So after he goes to first century Vegas and, uh, <laughs> women in song <laughs> he is reduced to hiring himself as a pig feeder not even a farmer a pig feeder and having to eat the feed see this would completely devastate the jews who were hearing this the pharisees were probably you know clutching their pearls because for them um, pigs are unclean. considered unclean they are a culture, and so for him to be in the trough with the pigs is, of course, unheard of. Then the text says, he comes to himself. Do you know what it means to come to yourself? You know, to come to the end of your own. To come to the end of what you thought was a brilliant plan, and it is going all kinds of sideways. And you were just left with what's left. Hmm. And so he comes to himself and he, he examined himself and said, you know what, it's time for me to come home. Always know it's never too late. Amen. It is never too late. There are people uh, that we've been, them probably, but there are people in our lives that we are for all types of reasons. Yes. I just want to say it's not too late for them. It's not too late. Now, it's, it's never too late to come home. It's the thing I, I love about the word. I love about the Gospels. There's never a too early and there's never a too late. Never too is never too old, never too far wrong. Never, never too anything. The world tells us so many times we are too this, we are too much, we are too this, we are too loud, we are too musical, too spiritual, too holy, or too diligentable. But God said "Us, And just enough for me. And so, regardless of what has happened, I know as the sun says, I know that I've given up my rights to be a son, but even being a higher payment is better than this. I don't want the riches in the faith. I just want the chance to survive. I just want to live. The cry of so many, not just this son, the cry of so many in our <coughs> world, in our nation, in our borders, um, on our streets is for a chance just for a chance a chance to be helped a chance to survive Hmm. even as an outsider he didn't mind he just needed the chance because by law he has given up any rights or any ties to his family because he took his inheritance already he has no right to ask the father And the father has no obligation to give anything to him. Oh, but this parent is different. (laughs) This father is unlike any other father. And so now we know how the story continues to go. We can understand what it means to repent and go to the Lord and seek forgiveness or go to those with whom we've been estranged to make it right. But it's what happens after that makes Jesus the ultimate storyteller, causing both we and the Pharisees to reflect on their role, our role, in the story. And so we know the story usually ends with the son's return, and the father going against all tradition and running toward the son. What made this so great is, you know, Jesus loves these details, because details matter. And because you have this scene of this father running toward his son who has been lost. But in those times, men, especially men of power, um, it was frowned upon for men to run. It was frowned upon for men, especially his stature, to run because, you know, they had those He had those wonderful manly long cloth garments. Uh, when When he ran, his legs would have shown. And that was a moment. And so the father goes to extraordinary lengths. He could have made a decree or sent a servant out to meet him. But no, the father comes to meet him where he is to meet him where he is. The father is looking for him. The father sees him from afar off. And the father runs toward him, instead of waiting for the son to come all the way, that walk of shame, to come all the way up that way and come and, and beg. Instead, the father comes and opens up here is my son who was lost and is found again. The father could have banished him and said, Hey, you already have yours. You already have yours. You've got to like, get out of jail for you. got have all the cards, you have everything. But instead of banishing him, instead of writing him off, the father calls for a party yeah. in his honor a ring and sandals he fixes them up for this part. You know, it gets them all fancy. You know, it gets bad news. <laughs> then, you know, usually the, the story is over right then that we think of as the lost son.
1: And that would be great. But here comes the most difficult part of the
0: story. The older son finds out for one of the household workers of the younger son's return and the feast that has followed. He then goes to his father and speaks to him in such a way, and I'm going to read this now, in verse 29. But he answered his father, Listen! Can you imagine coming to your father? Or your parents standing in his face and saying, I There's there's a finger in there. Listen! For all these years, I have been working like a slave for you and I have never disobeyed your command yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends but then when this son of yours this son of yours not this brother of mine but this son of yours comes back this dude, no, this <laughs> guy, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you kill the fatted calf for him. How dare is what he said. He gives it to his father with both barrels. Yeah. This son of yours has gone out and wasted the blessing. This son of yours has gone out and squandered what you gave. This man, this guy, these people have gone out and they wasted good resources. They wasted the land. They've wasted good taxpayer dollars. They've wasted all we have worked for, all I have worked hard for, all of my life. And this person can walk in and take it. It's a very similar, similar argument. You can see how it flows when people start feeling like the blessing of the table is theirs. The blessing of the table is born through hard work alone. And it's easy because it's the dream we've always had for ourselves as a people, as a nation. You work hard and you receive. But then sometimes we get. saints come, but we have all been recipients of Christ. So then we wonder who we are in this story. Are we the lost son, but who is lost? Are we the one who has been faithful, who has stayed, who has, has, has been in it since the beginning? has done all that we knew to do and nobody threw us a party. But then, this dude from from over in another part of wherever has come (laughs) and has received all of the good stuff I wish I could have, but never asked for, but just knew I was entitled to. The older son's hard work didn't give him that field or that place in the table. Your place, our place at the table of God does not come from our works. It does not come from, and and it's great because I grew up in church. I cut teeth in pews and Sunday school and sword drills, for those of you who, you know, with, with the Bible trivia, the books, all that, you know, sang, read, studied, Eventually, never thought that I would be a preacher, but that's a whole other thing, Jesus, you know, Jesus sneaks in to see surprises, <laughs> <laughs> all these disciples didn't know they were going to be called, but go, <laughs> I mean, you know, and so, in that routine or in that in that lifestyle of of church of, this is what you do this is what faithfulness is you think that's how the blessings is- come not caring anything about a, a reputation or a past. Everybody who's lived it has a past. Because we've lived. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> we've lived. Someone one day told me that, you know, why do we have to have diversity? Why can't we all just be united in Christ? Doesn't that sound better? Diversity means that everyone's testimony matters. Where you come from, where you come from, where you come from, where y'all come from, you all have a story. You've all been in this story. Maybe not living it up, playing it up in the first century or 21st century Vegas. But from somewhere where you came to yourself and you said there is something better than this. I need peace in my life. I need more. I need more than what this world in and of itself can." what I see, I need a faith that looks up, I need a faith that has hope. And so the table is that blessing from that father. It's not an entitlement of membership, membership in a church. Because we know that, I mean, especially these days before we could gather in person, the church had to be in our hearts. Amen. Then we know how to how to worship right where we are, how to create that sacred space right where we are. You know? And that's what the table gives us. The Father invites and feeds. Influence. Just like the parable of of the um, the and the feet, ph- excuse me, the the, the hired hands. You know, one gets hired at the beginning of the day, one gets tired in the middle, and the folks who get hired an hour before closing. And the people in the morning are like, no way! How are you going to work for one hour? And get the whole How is that? does that work? Right. You know. I, and see, I have my hands on my hip just thinking about it. Right? Because I, I I see where they come from. I right? do. Yeah, you know, I was like, don't do it. They still get to eat just as well as I do. And they just want one hour. The gist of that area, This one in our world today, the Father is gracious. The Father is generous. Who are we to question him? Because there's always been a time where we have been the recipient of the grace and the blessings. older son. Do we want to be that son? Do we not want to be the one who shares the heart of the Father and invites to the open table? The table is open for a reason. The table says come, not because you're worthy, but because you're not. Mm-hmm. Not because you know it all or have it all, but because you don't. You may have lived many decades on this earth, but life is still crawling. That curve. There's something you don't know. But we serve the one and celebrate the one who knows all. And so the story ends with. The Pharisees, or with us deciding where the story goes, because God is always offering a new life, a new chapter,
1: a new community, and new communion. Because all are invited to the family of God, and God has created all of us to fellowship with Him. New
0: life and celebration awaits but will be accepted. Because when we Showing the Father's celebration, and not stay in what should be, or who belongs and who doesn't. Everyone eats. Mm-hmm. And just remember in Christ, you belong. I know I, there have been times I've in my entire life. Do I fit in? Where do I fit? Who do I fit with? Who's my plan? Who's my policy? Who's my, you know, who's my Or You know, whatever word you want to fill in. Your mouth. What am I called to do? Who am I called to be with? All of those questions. But in Christ, you belong. Yeah. matter what. No matter if you have the, the dirt of what you think is the worst sin, the pods from the peas, and you're still smelling like chitlins and hogs. We're <laughs> in the South. We know what they are. You know At least what they are in the grocery store. <laughs>